Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. It's your daily dose of Donna. Welcome to the show. Today is Tuesday, February 27th. Did you guys know that we have 29 days this month? I would like someone to give me a um, a history on leap year. Not really a history. Like, give me the cliff notes. Why do we have a leap year? Why is there 29 days every four years in February? But you know what that means? You just get an extra... Day of February. That's really all it means. Welcome to the show. I'm already seeing in the comments, you guys heard me on the Jeff Lewis Extended Show today as a call-in. I called in to uh, Justin Martindale and Ryan Bailey. I love those two so much, as you know. I'm friendly with both of them. And um, I'm actually, I'm supposed to be on Ryan's show at some point soon. I can't remember which day in the next week or two. And Justin's been on my show. Ryan's been on my show. So um, we talked about swingers. Which is funny because if you guys watch me over on Instagram yesterday on my live, um, we talked about swingers. So this is the swinger capital of the world, Sherman Oaks. Who knew Sherman Oaks was the swingers uh, paradise? If you guys don't know what I'm talking about, Jeff Lewis mentioned in his very, very short part of his show today because they got interrupted with a fire drill or a fire alarm. Was it a drill? I mean, was it a fire? What actually happened? Anyway, he mentioned that um, he got approached by a swinger couple from Sherman Oaks. I assumed he talked about the fact that, I mean, he didn't mention it, but I think he, I assumed they were a gay couple. He was at a gay bar in West Hollywood. I have been approached by a swinger couple. Lance and I both. And um, it's so funny. Laura says, come on, Donna, you know, you've got that pineapple decor on your front porch. I know it. So the funny thing about pineapples, I didn't know about this pineapple thing until a couple of years ago, I was in Vegas and all these people by the pool had these like pineapple pins. And I was told by Lance that that pineapple means swingers. And fun fact, I hate a pineapple. Like, I like pineapple in theory. I like the look of it. I like, um, yeah, that's a, I think I like the look of it. I like the smell of it. But pineapple makes my mouth tingle. Swingers make my mouth tingle. Welcome to the show. This show today is brought to you by ZipRecruiter. Just know daylight savings is around the corner. And if you guys know that even though the daylight savings is coming to, uh, coming to us real soon. I think it's, uh, you know, most states, we're going to get more daylight. But even though we have more daylight, we don't have more time. We just have one extra day in February, but we don't have more time a day. So you really need to make sure that you're hiring the best people for your job. And there's only one way to do that. And that is ZipRecruiter. Once you post your job on ZipRecruiter, over 100 plus job sites get that job posting. So you reach more of the right people. ZipRecruiter's smart technology also quickly scans thousands of resumes to identify people whose skills and experience match your job. So let me tell you something. Maybe if you're a swinger, Yes, I think it's an upside down pineapple. If you're a swinger, maybe you can post it on ZipRecruiter and see if they can find qualified candidates for you. Bring forward with a new hiring partner, ZipRecruiter, and find top talent sooner. See why four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Just go to www.ziprecruiter.com slash Donna. That's D-A-N-A. Once again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash Donna. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Um, I'm sure, uh, I'm sure that swinger conversation will come back to bite me, but it's true. It's true. Basically what I called him was, and I said that Lance and I went out to a local restaurant a few months back and we were introduced by one of the owners of the restaurant to this couple. Like it wasn't a dead restaurant. It wasn't a dead bar. It was very packed, but they just, he just kind of like introduced us just casually, you know? So we start talking to this husband and wife. 
good looking couple. Like they were in their, I would say they're probably 40s, 50s, 50s, maybe 40, 50s. Okay. And we start chatting. And then all of a sudden, um, I can't remember if I found out first or Lance found out first from the girl, from the guy. Like we got separated basically in the bar at some point. Lance went like to one, I don't even remember, two conversations. And then we came back together to find out, oh my gosh, they're swingers. And then she sent me messages. And like I said, I ghosted her. And then a couple of weeks later, we go back to the same restaurant, neighborhood bar. Sure enough, she's there. He's there. They're both there. We had to like rehab that conversation. In fact, one of you guys were there on one of the nights. I don't want to, sh- I mean, maybe I can shout it out, but one of our dosers, Manette was there. It was like, she, she, we were chatting. We took a picture that night. Oh my gosh. This is a purposely thing that Mary Ellen, how do you know that they do that purposely? How do you know that they do that personally, uh, that they do that purposely, that they separate the couples. And Andrew Domingos, I have to shout him out because I love him so much as a dozer. I have some of my favorite dozers always watching this live, but he says, this is giving when Cindy and Jim Walsh got approached by swingers on 90210. I'll never forget that. Weren't they in Palm Springs or something? They were on some vacation. Cindy and Jim Walsh, can we do a deep dive on Cindy and Jim Walsh and the fact that they were parents of high schoolers, but they felt like 97 years old on that show. Did they not feel so old? I want to know how old Cindy Walsh was. What was her name in real life? Um, how come I can't remember either of their names off the top of my head? Jim Walsh and Cindy Walsh. I have to remember. But anyway, they, Andrew, no, Andrea something. Anyway, I want to know how old they were when they filmed season one of Beverly Hills 90210. That's what I want to know. Um, they were in their early 40s, but they looked 60s. Oh my gosh, you guys, I'm learning so much about you. Uh, Mary Ellen was invited to swinger parties in her 20s. Should we do a swinger deep dive? Well, this is really good because yesterday on my um on my Instagram live, someone asked me, should I do, can I use Patreon and do a deep dive on the Mormon Hulu TikTok swingers documentary that's coming out soon. And I have never been more excited to do anything in my entire life. So today we have a fun show because what I decided that I want to do is on, on days like Tuesday, when there's not like amazing TV the night before, I think only below deck is on on Monday and I don't watch it. But I want to take Tuesdays as like a trending topics show. Now I do obviously this every day. I talk about trending topics, but because it's not like a specific show recap, there's not one thing that I'm necessarily covering. I feel like this is a good option or a good opportunity to kind of talk about a bunch of different things. And I have so many different things we can talk about right now. So many things. So let's get started, you guys. Um, I want to first talk about I listen to a couple podcasts, so you don't have to. That's my goal in life. And I listened to, yesterday I listened to um, Not Skinny, or it was early this morning, Not Skinny But Not Fat, Tom Schwartz. I listened to it for you. I don't want to have to ever have to sit through a Tom Schwartz interview ever again. And I, I, I say this with love. Tom Schwartz, bless your heart. I am so bored with Tom Schwartz. Carol Potter. James Eckhouse for the win. Yes, I love that. Oh, the comments are good. If you guys are watching this live, this uh, YouTube on the replay, make sure to click live chat and get in there because I'll just say that we just got a comment that has something to do with a man having a first experience with a man, with a married couple, man and woman. And that's the moment where you realize, oh, this is what I want. I want a little bit more of that. Interesting. Okay. So there is a Tom Schwartz to me is like my cup, my cup runneth full on the Tom Schwartz of it all. What else can Tom Schwartz say at this point in life that is, um, you know, of interest, shocking, surprising, 
interesting in general or like new information. It's like he's making the rounds just because he's making the rounds. He goes on this podcast, Not Skinny But Not Fat. That's Amanda Hurst. She gets all the, these great guests on her show. I talk about it often. But she is talking to him about, you know, his relationship with Sandoval. Same shit. He feels like he got, he, you know, was too nice and too forgiving early on, but Sandoval is a really good friend. Talks about Ariana. He says that he and Ariana are definitely not at odds, but they're not like besties. They're cool. They're fine. Um, And then he talks about the fact that, you know, he's how his life kind of fell apart. He felt like he was living this great cushy life when he was married. And then the bar, you know, and his husband, not his husband, Shocker, Tom Schwartz has a husband. No, um, Tom Schwartz, uh, you know, the bar took him down and then his family issues, his brother, et cetera. So I I, I think, I, and I really do feel this way about every single one because Katie Maloney was on Lady Gang um, also, and I have no interest. So unless one of them come out and tell me that, you know, now they're gay or they are pregnant or they're getting married or, um, you know, they're leaving the show or they're moving to Canada. Like I am not interested in these people anymore. I have enough is enough. We have to sit through Vanderpump rules and try to get through the season, you know, by the skin of our teeth. So it will be very interesting to see where we go with that show. I'm dying to know what the numbers look like as the season progresses. I do believe the numbers are going to drop and drop and drop and drop and drop. So let's talk about something else. Yeah. The Valley. The Valley released its new trailer. That's the Jax Taylor spinoff. And you know what? Because we have this amazing technology now and we're able to watch things on YouTube and you guys, if you're listening to the audience, if you're listening on the audio version, you're also able to listen to the trailer. I say, let's watch this teaser together and let's decide if this is something that we feel like we can actually sit through and watch. And I'd be interested from you guys if you are, you know, um, going to be interested. <laughs> Let me pull it up. Here we go. The concrete jungle, the hardcore city life, that's for when you're in your 20s. But I'm 40 now. The valley is where I need to be. I can't just get knocked up like any day of the week. We're still trying to figure out my ovulation. Right. Uh, but it's not know. that we don't practice. <laughs> oh, yeah. I've got my form now. I agree. The Valley is the next chapter of our lives. I'm going to have to look this up on YouTube. It's nice to have a lot of friends around us who are kind of in the same phase of their life. Bro, I told you. Sorry, baby. Jesse's one of my buddies. Let's be honest, I'm the number one crier in the group. I met him, and I was 23 years old, long time ago. We started modeling together in New York. He's married to Michelle. I think I met him a little long time. Jesse and Michelle are definitely the bougiest out of the group. I'm allergic to cats. This is cashmere, brother. I had a friend of mine tell me, once I realized that you know you're a douchebag, you were so charming to me. <laughs> These are easy to put back in. That's what she said. <laughs> I met Nia and Danny both through Jackson Brittany. I want to be Danny and Nia when I grow up. I'm feeding them full Pump time, time and I'm pumping full time. I'm trying, trying really hard. They're couple goals, family goals. Uh, drinking. No drinking. I call him Dark Side Danny. I did say half the bottle. Stop yelling. Is it your belly? I feel huge today. Me and Janet talk every single day. She's always just like good energy to me. I'm exhausted. so many things I want to say, but I'm going to let you guys watch the rest. Jason is very passive, and I'm a little bit more passive aggressive, or maybe just aggressive. I've had an easy pregnancy other than the sh** you have brought into my life. She got pregnant specifically so I could not yell at her, or we could not fight. Like, Lord of the Flies over there. This guy drives me insane. Zach and I, we actually lived in the same apartment complex. That's how Jasmine and Janet became friends. All three of us lived in the same building. I literally could give a shit less. I don't need trash in my life. I don't need trash. The most I'm bored too. In the group. Ooh, Simona says I'm bored. This is bad. Kristen. You shouldn't I don't be bored during a trailer. Jack, can't handle your alcohol. Then you stop drinking. And Jesse. Everybody shut the up. Michelle's going to talk. 
Don't make me like slap all of you. All these people move to the valley, get a house, pop out a couple of kids, and then they think they're so grown up. But these people don't grow up. I've done therapy twice this week. Just over this group of people. Who's your therapist? Because that person needs to be fired. The valley. Okay. (laughs) Tanya, please stop. Please stop. I'm with you. That was really, really long. Um, so audio version, I apologize, but I will tell you something. They're trying really hard to make, um, you know, fetch happen. Here's, here's my problem. Okay. Here's my problem. I am past wanting to see young kids on TV for my entertainment. I am so turned off from kids on TV, like reality show kids. Um, because just say this show has the longevity, like just say the show does really well. I mean, it's possible, right? Just say it does really well and it goes six, seven, eight years. All of a sudden the kids are 10, 12 years old. Like we're watching them grow up in 2024. I feel like we should be past this. Adults can make up their own minds and maybe they only put the kids in one or two scenes. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. We already just saw in a trailer that one of the dads is yelling F, you know, the F word in front of their young kid. Ha <laughs> ha so funny. Like, by the way, I curse around my kids. I'm not scared of that. I'm not like a, a prude when it comes to this. This is just real life. But at the end of the time, I just feel like, at, not the end of the time, at the end of the day, I just feel so incredibly just turned off by any young parents. And by the way, one of them I know from acting days, he he used to audition for me all the time, that Danny Danny guy. I'm so turned off from parents who are in the like pregnancy, newborn, two-year-old and under stage who aren't celebrities, who don't already have the following and want to put themselves in the limelight with their children. I find it off-putting, which will lead us to our next story in just a second about Kyle. But I, I, I just don't, I'm not interested. I'm not interested. It's, it's going to, like, I don't need to see a man trying to get his car seat in the car. <laughs> I deal with it on a daily basis. Not the car seat, but you know, it's, it's, it's not interesting to me. Um, even if there is drama, and let me tell you something. Okay. And if you guys are listening and this is something you do, let's, let's have a conversation about this. Let's figure this out. If this is something you want to continue doing, I can't watch people stick out their tongues. I have a tongue aversion. I can't see people stick out their tongues in pictures, in conversations, in like the only people that should be sticking. I can't even do it for you guys as a example, because I'm so grossed out by tongues. But the only person that should ever stick out a tongue is like a two-year-old and they're going like, nah, 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 nah. It's awful, awful uh, content. And so to see Kristen Doty and her man, Luke, both tongue out, tongues out, (laughs) tongues out, condoms out, you know, they're trying to have a kid and they're trying to get pregnant. And so, you know, we know that she went through, sadly, a miscarriage. Meanwhile, they're trying to get pregnant. And then you have Johnny and Amy over on Love is Blind who are scared to even have sex. God forbid they get pregnant. Like, it's mind-blowing to me. Let's move on really quickly to a little conversation about Love is Blind. It's not, like, so exciting or anything. But Love is Blind has really jumped ship and jumped the shark in terms of its casting abilities. Now, I actually know one of the casting people from Love is Blind. Um, I don't know if she does every season. but. This is this is getting a little out of control. How many of these people that are on Love is Blind that make it to the show? You have to understand, I'm sure they, what, they probably bring in maybe 20 women, 20 men, okay? Which sounds like a lot, but it's actually not. You're going to go to Charlotte, North Carolina and find 20, and they don't have to be stunners, all of them. They don't have to be perfect. They don't have to be, you know, a certain body type or a certain size or a certain race or a certain career. They can kind of be just anyone with a good personality that would make it good for a show. So you get 20 women and 20 men and like at least 50% of them come from relationships and they're on, they're in relationships on this show. Is there no such thing as Instagram deep diving? 
put, give them to me. And within one minute, we'll, we'll know their whole history. Ask any woman out there. And this is interesting because I know love is blind has women as casting directors, but like ask any woman out there to do some deep diving, uh, give, give me a name and I'll tell you everything about him within 36, 36 seconds. Like, or just hire Stassi. Do you remember Stassi was so good at this? Stassi was like the best private investigator ever on that show. It is really, um, you know, impossible to understand how so many guys keep getting cast on these shows and they're in relationships. And now apparently some of the girls were in relationships already. I just don't understand. Like, you should have to ask and talk to like five of their friends. Before they get on a show, unless the girlfriend is in on it or the guy, the boyfriend is in on it. Like, yeah, let's get you on there so you can make a lot of money. You know, um, Mark says, I want a botched love is blind crossover. One group is botched talking to a group of model wannabes. If they marry, they get free surgery. Jeez, Mark. <laughs> that is so crazy. So Jessica Vestal, I had to Google who she was because that's how easy I forget these names from love is blind. Jessica was the hottie that um, Jimmy turned down for Megan Foe, right? So he is, she was the one with the daughter. She was on Nick Vial today, very briefly. I think she's going to do another episode maybe after the season finale airs. Um, and she talked a little bit about what was the deal with Jimmy because when we watched the show, we saw that they had a really nice, serious conversation um, about the fact that she was raised... I think in a foster family and he also, his mom adopted or raised foster children. They had like a connection over that kind of stuff, but we never really saw anything else. And we didn't understand maybe why she was so into him. Well, apparently Jimmy in the blunt and the um, pods was like the guy. He was the guy that all the girls were vying for. And then when you see him like in real life and he's like, <laughs> I love your teeth. It's shocking. Right. So he, he was the guy that everyone wanted. Uh, Jessica said that she got the, like, got the feeling that he was this hottie, hottie body, like, guy. That's why she called him Jimmy with the juice. Um, and then the scene that we saw in the last little batch of episodes when she's sitting at the wine bar and she's talking all about how she, like, wants to connect with him. Nick was like, I don't understand. Had you seen a picture of him yet? Which is so mean because we're at, talking about, like, he's this you know, not good looking guy. He's, he's by all means a good looking guy. I mean, he's, there's nothing like physically horrible about him. He's just not, you know, a GQ model in my opinion. Um, and she was talking about how at that wine bar in that scene where she's sitting, I think with Laura having that conversation, she's like, I was so many wine glasses in that I had no business talking about any of that. I know that the final episodes air tomorrow. Um, yeah, the 28th, I'm pretty sure. I don't know if it's one episode. I don't know if it's the final two. I think they can only have two more episodes. I mean, how many more episodes can we see until the weddings? We're already like halfway through, if not more, through them living together for 30 days. She also said something that was pretty surprising that she she kind of stood up for Megan Foe, Chelsea, because she said, I know she comes off so clingy in these scenes, but... It wasn't really the case. I guess Jimmy is like a partier and was going out a lot in those 30 days when they were hanging out at home. And so Chelsea was feeling super insecure because Jimmy was going out all the time. Interesting. Um, obviously super excited about that. I will be watching. I'll be watching. Will you guys be watching? Um, next, let's chat for a second about, hmm, which should I go to next? Let's talk about... I have a whole list. I have so many things that we can talk about today. Let's talk about Brielle Bierman just for f like just a minute. So Kim Bierman's old, Kim Zolciak Bierman's oldest daughter, Brielle, has gotten engaged. Is this not her first engagement? I feel like for some reason, I feel like she's been engaged like 10 times, but you know, who knows? She got engaged to baseball player, Billy Seidel. All these girls, these hot girls, they go for these athletes. Do you think it's a good move? Let me ask you a question. If you could get 
anyone in the world with your looks and who you were or whatever. If you were like a young hottie, like a 25-year-old, stunning, gorgeous person, and you could get the pick of the the pick of the litter with the person that you're with, would you go for a, a what would you rather? An athlete, an actor, singer? Or reality star, if you had to choose one of those four, I would go for an athlete now that I think about it. Athlete to me seems like the least narcissistic, obsessed with themselves. And I'm sure some of the athletes that we see out there are incredibly obsessed with themselves. But for some reason, I feel like athletes seem like they've got a really good work, um, like uh, whatever, work ethic, like they're driven. Ooh, Chris would go for a rock star, Andrew athlete. Mm-hmm. And athletes like, that's hot, right? I would not go for a musician. I personally would not go for a musician. Musicians are shady. No offense if you're a musician. I just think that a lot of them live a lot of different lives on the on tour. And then um athlete actors. It would be hard because actors, no offense if you're an actor and watching the show, but just like having worked with so many actors, it's a really, really tough life. So if you're, you know, the Brad Pitt of actors and you're super successful and you're constantly able to, you know, get a job, then I guess that's one thing. But then you're going on set and you're falling in love with your Angelina Jolie's. But you're an actor and you get to go to the Oscars and you get to do all that. Suzanne says a reality star if it was Craig. I'm with you. Reality star, like there's a whole host of reality stars, right? Like, are you going to be with a uh, Craig Conover? Are you going to be with Austin from Southern Charm? There's a big difference between not all reality stars or actors or athletes or musicians are built the same. We know that. So she is engaged to baseball player Billy Seidel. She says forever with you. She's 27 years old. Um, They've been together for a year. Uh, He is minor league. Now, minor league is always a little bit interesting because I always wonder, does this mean that, like, like what does, what, when I hear minor league, I'm immediately going to arena football and legion, you know, the Risa Tisa story. Minor league is a real deal thing, right? But is it like, do you get paid really well for minor league? Do you have a, do you have longevity for your career? Is it possible? Is, are there worlds where you start in the minors and go to the majors? That I don't know. Not a sports podcast, you know, but this, these are all questions I would ask. Anyway, he proposed to her. He got down on his one knee. He's a very good looking guy. Um, I just can't imagine entering that family. I cannot imagine, especially at this time where we are in that toxic environment. I cannot imagine what person would willingly want to enter into this family. It just feels like hot mess express, but maybe it doesn't. Maybe it's not in real life. I think that, you know, I think that uh, it would be like, I wonder if he has good parents that are very involved. Would they be like, really? Kim Zolciak's going to be my, like our in-laws? We have to invite Kim to Christmas? Are we going to Kim's house for, you know, I was going to say Passover, but (laughs) I don't think they celebrate Passover. Okay, good for her, Brielle. We'll have to see how that goes. What about the Jennifer Lopez new documentary? Jennifer Lopez released a documentary on Amazon Prime. It's available to watch right now, and it's called The Greatest Love Story Never Told. This is a documentary that essentially details kind of um, like the behind the scenes of her filming This Is Me Now, a love story, which is a, it's it's like a, it's a music video slash like movie about her, her whole life story. So she talks about, um, you know, going, getting on to basically being rock bottom and having abuse in past relationships. She said, there were people in my life who said, I love you. And then they didn't do things that were kind of in line with the word love. Um, she said that she has to hit rock bottom where you're in situations so uncomfortable and so painful that you finally go, I don't want this anymore. She recalls a therapist once asking her how she would treat an abusive situation if it was happening to her daughter. 
It was so clear, I tell her, get the F out of here and never look back. But for me, it was so clouded and complicated, Lopez explains. It was like looking through fog. Filming the scene took an emotional toll on the Selena star who acknowledged that she was never physically abused by one of her exes. She said that um, she never got beat up, but uh, she's definitely been manhandled and a couple of other unsavory things. And obviously, you know, now she's with... Ben Affleck, and she's no stranger to documentaries. She's done a couple different documentaries over the years. She had, a, I actually really liked it. She had a documentary about when she was prepping for the Super Bowl performance. Remember, she did that halftime performance a few years ago, and it was, I thought it was a really good documentary. And this one, um, it's more about her personal love sto- love life and whatever. Oh, interesting. Leslie says, I bet she's talking about Diddy, which, man, man, oh man, that guy has got some real bad stuff that continues to come out about him. I'm not going to get into it in today's show, but like it's possible. That's obviously not like there's no honest truth to this. We're just, uh, you know, we're just speculating. Ben Affleck didn't want a relationship on social media with Jennifer Lopez, but learned to compromise. So in this documentary, he had one request when they got back together in 2021, more privacy. So back when they were together in the years, you know, the, the Geely years, Jiggly, Jiggly. Um, there was so much press about them and they were all over the place. I love how this is, you know, like an actual conversation because they have so much press. Like Ben Affleck and Jennifer Lopez can't get a coffee without cameras following them. But basically it says the actor turned director opened up about the couple's relationship in this documentary. So I guess he has... Uh, interviews in it, which I'm interested to watch. He says, getting back together, I said, listen, one of the things I don't want is a relationship on social media. Then I sort of realized it's not a fair thing to ask. It's sort of like you're going to marry a boat captain and say, well, I don't like the water. Well, that's really actually nice of him because I thought to myself, they are kind of on her social media. Like she does post about him, not all the time, but she does post about him. And I guess, you know, they, they've kind of compromised. Uh, He says, we're just two people with different kinds of approaches trying to learn to compromise. Lopez opened up about her husband's discomfort with living in the spotlight and says it was the inspiration behind her ninth studio album, This Is Me Now, released earlier this month. She says, I don't think Ben is very comfortable with me doing all of this, but he loves me. He knows I'm an artist and he's going to support me in every way he can because he knows you can't stop me from making the music I made. He doesn't want to stop me, but that doesn't mean he's comfortable being the muse. Um, She said that she never planned on getting back together with Affleck after they broke up. Uh, But then she said that, you know, she, she was speaking about him. She said, I fell in love with the love of my life earlier in life. And for whatever reasons that we needed to grow and do other things, we both went off, had children with other people in other relationships. But, you know, in my mind, I kind of had it like, oh, that was kind of the one. And then they began dating. Um, again in 2021. I actually love that part of their story. I actually really love that part of the story because I feel like it is nice to know if you started dating someone or you had a relationship with someone. It kind of reminds me of the movie One Day. I, I mean, the limited series One Day, and it's based on this book. So I'm, I am I started watching it last night. It's on Netflix. I think it's like eight episodes only or something. It's Leo Woodall from um, the freaking hottie British guy from White Lotus season two. It's him and a woman. Um, she's Indian. I don't, let me think. Let me get her name. Hold on. One day cast. Cause I don't know her at all, but maybe she's done other things. One day Netflix. Oh yeah. There was already a movie, I think around this. Um, Ambika Mod, A-M-B-I-K-A Mod. I don't know her and she's so cute. And I really, really, um, I like her. I'm only like two episodes in, but she's very cute. She has a huge following. So she probably is a pretty big uh, British actress, but I just never 
met her before um, or saw her before. Anyway, it's kind of like that storyline where it's basically going through one day, the same day, July 15th, all these years and seeing kind of how their lives interweave and don't. And it's like, it's all about timing. It's like this magic timing with relationships, which I think is actually really, really cute. Um, Andrew, you're still recovering from one day because it's brutal. Uh-oh, does it make you cry? I don't, I'm sure it does. Please don't spoil it, but it's brutal in a positive way, Andrew. Is it brutal in a positive way? That's what I need to know. You know, I, I love a show like this. It reminds me of the show, um, Love Life, which was a show on Max. I've talked about this before. It's Anna Kendrick was season one. And then a guy was the lead of season two, but it takes you through periods of their life. And if you want a bingeable show similar to One Day, I want you guys to go and find the show Love Life. It was on Max. They canceled it after two seasons. I'm devastated over it, but I thought it was phenomenal. There's certain shows like this that just stick with me. Love Life, Fleischman, something's wrong with Fleischman or there's something wrong with Fleischman. Fleischman saves the world. Like what is that show called? Fleischman is in trouble. Fleischman is in trouble is a show that when I tell you, I still think about it all the time. I think it's also on Max or maybe it's, uh, I don't know where it is. It was Jesse Eisenberg played the lead. There's also Lizzie Kaplan, Claire Danes, Adam Brody. You guys. When I tell you it, I had a visceral reaction to that show. Also a miniseries. Watch it. It was amazing. Andrew says Fleischman was my life after divorce. One of the best things ever, ever. Okay. So anyway, watching one day. Um, but timing is important. So J-Lo and Ben Affleck, good for them. And if he's like in on this and able to chat about this for her show, for her documentaries, whatever, and he's down to be like, you know, okay, I'm de- I'm married to Jennifer Lopez. Like, we're going to be in the media. We're going to have news about us. Then great. He's just going to look really upset every time he gets caught in a camera, right? Okay, let's talk about Howard Stern and what he said yesterday about, um, about Kyle Richards. So shout out to Lisa. She uh, said that she texted me. She's like, you'll have to listen to this one clip. Luckily for you guys, I posted it on my... Um, Instagram feed. So I can pull up my Instagram feed for you guys and I can show you, um, you know, you can hear it for yourselves of what he said. But he talked about Real Houses of Beverly Hills. I love how Howard Stern is a Housewives fan. I know he loves Andy Cohen. I love that he loves the Housewives. And he was talking about how when Real Housewives of Beverly Hills is on, like nothing else matters. The whole house has to go quiet. We're watching Beverly Hills. Like he's obsessed with the show, which I actually think is, you know, really, really funny. Um, so let's watch this. Hold on. Um, he talked about the fact that. Kyle shared the divorce news on camera. Beverly Hills housewife fan. I watched that show religiously. One of the gals on there, Kyle, she's getting, uh, it looks like her marriage is on the rocks. She calls a meeting with her children and discusses it with them on camera. And I'm like, that's the craziest shit I ever saw. The husband's sitting there. Even I mean, I don't know. He's got to go was along he with it. Excited? Did he know? That he seems. That? He seems in on it. But uh-huh. the family is so hell bent on being famous. They bring the kids, ch- ch- young kids, on camera, and they. I mean, I love it. Don't get me wrong. Kids are crying. <laughs> like literally, like I'm a divorced guy. I can't imagine dragging. But, Telling your kids is the most horrible thing you can do to them and about look, a divorce. And you got to wait for the cameras to be set up before you yeah. can do it. <laughs> yeah. And the husband, he said, he got a glass of wine. He goes, excuse me, he's, he's pouring a glass of wine, this guy, because <laughs> he's slugging it down during it. I'm watching this thing. I said, this is the greatest train wreck I've ever seen. This poor woman wants to be famous so bad she dragged the kids in to sit and tell them that they're having marital problems. And the one youngest daughter, she's to tears and crying. 
Like, what the fuck? I mean, I'm a divorce guy. It was horrible for my children. I can't imagine doing that. And you know, I'm a big Beverly Hills house. Okay. So I love Howard Stern. I've always loved Howard Stern. I, I, I loved Howard Stern in private parts times. Like when, remember when he, that movie came out, that was like, I read his book, Private Parts, and then I watched the movie. I was so young, but I have always liked Howard Stern. I obviously don't listen religiously because who has the time, but I love his interviews and I love his take on things. This is something that I I really think a lot of people watched that scene and got emotional. Understandably, we're talking about divorce. We're talking about, you know, a family that we've watched on TV now for so many years. Like, it's understandable that we would get emotional and, and feel sad watching kids cry about their parents getting a divorce. But let's talk about that for just a second. What the F kind of parent puts their kids through this? What's more important to you, your children or your show? Kyle is a good mom from what we've seen. Like from all accounts, I think she's a good mom. And I think her kids are so trained that they don't know any different. You know, I I think like sometimes when you have kids of, you know, really, really out there parents, if that's the only thing you know, and I'm not calling Kyle and Mauricio out there parents, but I'm saying like, I don't want to liken them at all to parents that are, you know, horrible or abusive or whatever, but most kids only know what they know, right? And yes, Farah's an older woman now, and Sophia and Alexia are adults, but Portia's 15 years old, and even Sophia and Alexia in their early 20s, they don't know, they don't remember not being on camera. I mean, if they were seven years old, it's it's a... You, like you remember briefly, you you remember times without the camera, but in general, a camera has been in your face for all your big events in your life, for all the big things. And we have not focused a lot on Kyle's kids in the last few seasons. The last few seasons, we've only seen like one random dinner, one random event, one random thing. So for her to pull her kids back on camera for such an incredibly, um, private, like personal, life-changing conversation. And her kids knew at that point. I don't believe that Kyle broke the news to her kids on camera. Her Their kids knew exactly what that conversation was going to be about and for. Okay, this is not... Let's not pretend that this is real reality in that sense. They knew about the separation because we've heard already that... Um, Kyle has talked about the fact that she was in the car with her kids in Aspen, driving around, getting the text that the People Magazine article has come out that I still believe Kyle's team has leaked. Sorry, I do. Um, Either Kyle's team, Netflix, Alex Baskin, or, uh, you know, Faye Resnick. But someone in the know released that that information. And then here we are. So they all have talked about it in the car. She's already brought it to them, but now the cameras are coming on. So she's like, we have to film this scene. So instead of filming the scene, what scene we should have gotten is Kyle and Mauricio having a heart to heart. Because we haven't seen that. We haven't seen, like, it's more personal and more difficult for Kyle to let cameras in to see her and Mauricio talking about the real problems of their marriage than for Kyle to bring her children into the conversation to lessen the the need to go too personal. Tell me if I'm wrong here. The kids were her buffer. If the kids are there, we can't get into details. But if the kids are not there and you're just filming Mauricio and I, now we have to talk about what's really happening. And in the 30-second scene that we did get of her and Mauricio, she's not even looking at him. She's like futzing with a drawer, and he's sitting up on the counter behind her in the kitchen. And the one conversation they have is like, at least the rumors are about you cheating and not me. Why can't, like, what would have been better for Kyle's family 
or for Kyle's children is not to involve them on the show in this case. Portia was so, all of them were crying. It's not, it's not like they knew so they were over it and they were cool. It's not like they were like, we're good parents. Like you're good. They're hysterical. And then, poor, I mean, not hysterical. They're all like tearing up majorly and Portia is hysterical. And what does Kyle do? It's okay, Portia. You're okay. You're okay. You're okay. We're not broken. We're just bent. She became pink. One of you guys called that out earlier. Rebecca, I think. It felt so um, exploitative from coming from someone that like is all about like raising your children, you know, speaking of like how Jennifer Lopez basically says like, I wouldn't want my kids to go through it. And that's what Kyle says. I started to realize I didn't want my kids to have to go through what I'm going through. But let me put you on camera and make you cry on TV to remember a conversation where you got divorced. Now, remember, you guys, I'm a child of divorce. My, my parents got divorced real early. So I don't remember this conversation. I still had major, major drama between the two of them because there was a lot of court cases and custody issues and battles and, and alcohol. And like it was a lot going on when I was a kid. So all of that I remember very well. But from what you guys have told me, and from what I've seen is if any of you guys are, you know, of age where you remember conversations, so maybe like seven or older or whatever, you remember these conversations for the rest of your life, right? A conversation that your mom and dad have with you, like we're separating, is a conversation that doesn't go away. Like it sticks with you. You remember that forever. So it is... All I have to say for all those people out there that think Kyle can do no wrong, you can, there's two, you can look at people in two ways. I feel bad for her. I want her to uh, be happy. I want her to be true and honest with herself. And I feel like she has, um, you know, shared so much about her life, but also like WTF when you think about it. Hey, kids. Let's set up cameras because let's talk about our uh, our separation. This is not a TV show. This is their life. I mean, it's a TV show, but it's their life. It's not like we're doing it for the cameras. Like when the cameras leave, we're still going to have to deal with mom and dad being separated. And Portia, meanwhile, is like a junior or senior in high school, and she's crying hysterically on camera. Do you know how embarrassing that is for a kid to have to know that that's going to always be in your like repertoire? You're always going to have that memory. You're always going to see yourself crying on camera when your mom and dad told you that they separated on national TV. Now, Deborah says, I think if the girls did not want to be filmed, they would have said no way. Do you really think that these girls, just being honest, they're getting paid. They're on buying Beverly Hills, which is all you know, for their careers. They're making money from buying Beverly Hills. I don't know if they're getting paid for housewives, but they're getting paid on buying Beverly Hills. They're series regulars, Farah, Sophia, and Alexia. And I'm sure Portia will get there if the show continues. Kyle's also on buying Beverly Hills. I'm sure she gets paid. Mauricio gets paid, obviously, majorly. Do you think all of these kids want to say no to camera time when they know that this is all important for the longevity of them being on these shows? It's basically like forcing your kid to be a child actor to support. I don't think that they had any choice in the matter whether or not they were going to be on camera. I think they know, they know, like, listen, we have one choice. We have to take control of the narrative. The stories are out there. So let's like do this. And then exactly buying Beverly Hills will come on girls. And hopefully you guys will get a season three and a season four and your numbers will get huge. You'll sell more houses. The agency will grow. Everyone will be happy. Except Portia, the only one that's under 18. And I, I, I don't believe that they're all that good of actors that they can all cry on cue. Because a lot of you guys think that maybe it was fake. No, they were all crying. And then that conversation that we saw in Buying Beverly Hills where Mauricio is saying, listen, I tried to make it work, but your mom wanted the separation. They're all crying again. Like this is not an easy thing for them to go through. How could you not be sad seeing the parents, your parents that you love so much? I don't like it. I don't like it at all. I don't like it. 
Um, let's see if there's any other stories that are just super interesting. I thought you guys would be interested in this, not because I want to talk about Tom Sandoval, but Tom Sandoval, according to page six, denies Ariana Maddox's request to sell their home that they share, claiming that she did not act reasonably and in good faith. Let's find out more about this. She sued him. If you guys remember, she sued him for refusing to give up their sprawling $2 million Los Angeles property. Court documents obtained by page six reveal that Sandoval responded to Maddox's filing Friday, claiming she failed to disclose sufficient facts to state a cause of action against him when she submitted the lawsuit last month. Per the Los Angeles court filing, the Vanderpump Rules star further claimed his ex-girlfriend co-star also failed to mitigate whatever damages she suffered in her documents, adding she didn't perform reasonably and in good faith. So if the court sides with Ariana to partition the property, Sandoval then requested to receive accounting and compensatory adjustments for any repairs and improvements he's made to increase the value of the home. So he keeps talking about that. He keeps talking about the fact that she, that he like, he built a gym and he's put on all this money in the house. So he basically says that if she's forcing, if she's forcing him to sell, he wants her to basically pay him more money than half for all the things that he's added onto the house, like his investments into the house. She wants it to be split perfectly, and uh, we'll see what happens. But essentially, you know, I don't know. Tom Tom keeps saying that Ariana doesn't pay any of the bills. I'd love to see proof of that, but I kind of feel like she agreed to that on the after show. She was like, he's not showing me any documents. I'm not paying anything, which is probably not the best move when your name is on a house, just saying. Um. We'll see what happens. I mean, get them out of this house, though. Like, both of them. They both need to be out of that house immediately, right away. Um. So, okay, let's think. Is anything else going on? What's on TV tonight? Tonight's Tuesday. Is anything on TV tonight? You guys, I'm feeling... Or is tonight Vanderpump? I'm feeling so bored with it. I want Real Housewives of Beverly Hills Reunion. That's like the only one that I truly, and Summer House, those two I care about so much, and Traitors, um, and Love is Blind. Uh, yeah, VPR is on tonight. Okay, so we'll get through it. It's like pulling teeth to get through it. Maybe tonight will be great. Let's be positive. You guys, yesterday I got like 50 new subscribers on YouTube simply because I told you guys to subscribe. So if you have not subscribed and you're watching, if you're one of the 415 people watching the show live right now, are you subscribed? Have you hit the like button? Will you share this to your friends? Will you tell a friend about Daily Dose of Donna? Let's go. Let's hit 15,000 subscribers by the end of the month. Let's do it. I feel confident. I feel strong. With you guys. All right. Let's talk later. See you guys. Manana. Bye.